Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. It is the NFC East mixtape available to you on the Blogging the Boys and Bleeding Green Nation podcast networks. The greatest crossover that anyone in the history of mankind, all creature kind, has ever attempted. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. I am RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Unlike last week, we are actually recording this one in our normal scheduled window. BLG, you're back. You're refreshed from Boston. You owe an apology to the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, maybe to yourself for believing in uh, Ben Simmons in the 76ers. Well, I didn't believe in him, and that was part of the problem. I said if he was going to play, then they're going to lose. If he, if he was going to play a big role, and sure enough, I'm sure you saw that game, RJ, or if you didn't, maybe you at least heard about the clip of him passing up a dunk. I, just, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I talked about B, uh, Ben Simmons on the latest BGN radio, so you can go listen to that there. I won't bring it up again here, but sorry to the listeners who – had to hear me talk about how the Sixers and 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 uh, Nets were going to play in the ECF. Clearly not happening. Um, well, uh, you mentioned BGN Radio. And uh, so Philadelphia fans, while lamenting the 76ers' latest loss, can go listen and obviously get ready for this Philadelphia Eagles season that, you know, promises to be interesting at the very least. We're going to talk about uh, the most underrated players on the Eagles and every team in the NFC. So before we get there, BLG, uh, we have some housekeeping things to tend to. Uh, everybody listening, make sure to subscribe to both the Blog and the Boys and Bleeding Your Nation podcast networks. Leave a rating, the cross rating, as BLG has so eloquently dubbed, and uh, you know, write a review. You can say whatever you want, but uh, you know, just make sure you leave a five-star you know, rating. That's really all that ultimately matters here. Uh, BLG, we have a new one on the Blog and the Boys podcast network are you ready for me to read this let's hear it this comes to us uh from ian four one two three uh four is f-o-r so not like the number four then one two three uh the title of it is go birds with an exclamation point so ian certainly believes in the promise of 2021 five star review here we go i love the nfc's mixtape bgn and the SB Nation NFL show. By the way, everybody go subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. But as a Penn State grad, I have to, by law, push back on the Saquon overrated narrative from BLG. The foil posed in that discussion was Derrick Henry, who was called a freak. Derrick Henry is obviously not standing back, but Barkley is only four pounds lighter than Henry and has a much faster 40 time, better hops, cuts, and overall athleticism. A microcosm of his career was the Giants matchup against the Steelers last year, week one, by the way, BLG, where Barkley was hit in the backfield on 11 of 15 carries. If Barkley hadn't been drafted to a garbage franchise with a garbage offensive line, he'd be considered the unanimous best running back in the NFL right now. Anyway, you have the great content on all the channels. Thanks, RJ, for being a bearable Cowboys fan, and go Birds. Big review. Appreciate the review. But I will say... <laughs> This person is wrong because, I mean, if you want to compare Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry has missed one game. What are we talking about here? I said durability is a big reason why, you know, you have to ding Saquon. So I'm not going to relitigate that whole thing, but I stand by what I said. Mm, pretty um, pretty staunch defense of a New York Giant by somebody who's, you know, chirping up Go Burts. You know what I mean? So I've, I've, uh, Penn State people are loyal, RJ. They really love their, their fellow Penn Staters. Well, they got Micah Parsons now that Sean Lee's retired to stay rooted in their Cowboys lore. But uh, other thing that I wanted to tend to, BLG, I wanted to give a big-time shout-out, big-time thank you to Enrique Shockwave on Twitter mm. at Luke Lake Legend. You will recall, BLJ, I know this was another life ago for you uh, with all the travels you've been doing since we last recorded, which was a very long time ago. I asked very kindly for our listeners to suggest an NHL game for me because I told them I was in the you know, mood. I had an itch to play an NHL game. I got this incredible DM from Enrique detailing, you know, this latest NHL game, which one was the best, the pros and the cons. 
I can now say I am the proud owner of NHL 20 for PS4. Looking forward to starting my newest franchise mode with a guess who my favorite hockey team is, BLG. Is it the Stars? It is not. No. No. No way. Who is it? The Penguins? No. Why? No. Would the Penguins be like considered the front runner in your mind? Is that what you're, yeah, you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> um, no, my favorite hockey team, and I have a story, short story here, is the Boston Bruins. I went and saw the, <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw okay. the Cowboys play uh, at New England in 2019 with my uh, wife and parents. And when we were in Boston, we went to a Bruins wild game. They were actually losing five to three with the final in the final two minutes. They tied and won in overtime. It was electric. And uh, at the time, we had just gotten our dog bear, and so I bought him a little stuffed bear uh, from the game, and that is his favorite toy. Uh, so you know, shout out to Bear, which obviously is what a Bruin is. So the Boston Bruins are my NHL team of choice. Uh, so you like the Bruins, the Cowboys, the Yankees, and the Lakers? Interesting. I do not like the Yankees or the Lakers. However, I am a Manchester United supporter, so I have mm. to, you know, ultimately take that uh, as it mm. is. But anyway, all right. Uh, most underrated players in the NFC East. Uh, maybe somebody will go to bat for Saquon Barkley. It won't be me, so maybe it'll be BLG. Who knows? Uh, BLG, where do you want to start? What team? Do you want, do you want to mix it up? We, yeah, we should mix it up here. Why don't we start with not the Eagles and the Cowboys? Make people listen, you know, wait a little bit. Like, you know, the suspense mm. of it all. Make it more interesting. Why don't we start with the two non-teams that we cover? Let's start with uh, the Giants first. The New York Giants, the, the football Giants, as some people would call them, as I like to call them from time to time. Why don't we start an offense? And I want to get your pick first. Uh, so, well, to be clear, just one more time, we are doing one offensive player each, one yes. defensive player, and one legacy player that are all underrated. So this is a very kind episode. Uh, my So this is active players, obviously, the non-legacy ones. My most underrated offensive player for the New York Giants, I have a feeling this is going to be yours. It's quarterback Daniel Jones, because I, I think the national narrative around Daniel Jones is that he's complete trash. Like, that's that's how people view him. And I, and again, we have to examine the literal definition of underrated here. I don't think he's complete trash. I think if we uh, if we broke the quarterbacks in the NFL into three tiers, I think he squeaks in the the second tier. Um, I, I don't know that he's a bottom, bottom. He, he at the very least has the potential to be in the second tier, which is something I know you've said before. I am shocked that you picked <laughs> Daniel Jones, RJ, because you're not even like a Daniel Jones guy. No, um, we got to be fair, though. This is what it comes down to me, though, with him. I agree with you that there's something there. I've said this before. Like, I see something there. Like, in the way that I did ne- never saw anything there with like Mitchell Trubisky or, like, you know, some of these, like, Dwayne Haskins. Like, or I just e- never or saw Eli, his predecessor. Right. Anything. <laughs> anything. But, like, with Daniel Jones, I can see some flashes. But, I mean, we're still talking about a guy who's 29 fumbles in 27 games. I've seen Carson Wentz. I see how that. Like I, I just don't think that's going to get better. I think it's always going to be an issue, and I think that caps the ceiling. I can't have him as my most underrated, although I can agree with you. Maybe he is a little underrated from it. A little bit, though. Not a lot. Like, a little underrated sure. from a national perspective. My guy, though, is Darius Slayton. Not Darius Slay, who I had mm-hmm. as overrated for the Eagles, but Darius Slayton. Uh, this guy, and maybe I'm kind of just uh, a little biased Hipster. here. <laughs> well, well, because this guy is towards the Eagles, RJ. Uh, Darius sure. Slayton had 154 yards against the Eagles in 2019. But this is a guy with 15.2 yards per reception and 11 touchdowns. I feel like he's a really nice complimentary weapon. I think like if Kenny Galladay is going to be this true wide receiver one for the Giants and all the defenses are kind of having to like shift extra attention to him, I think Darius Slayton could really take advantage of being that like wide receiver two who isn't getting all the extra attention. Right. It does feel like the the general like sort of like fantasy football superficial focus is on Sterling Shepard as like the the Robin to Kenny Galladay's Batman. So I agree with you. Definitely. You know, it's hard, like because I do think when people hear the term underrated, they like the impression is like we're standing for that dude. Like, no, we're not. It's just this guy is better than most people think he is. And I think that's a really great pick. I think you can make an argument that maybe outside of Saquon, the whole Giants offense is underrated. Like with respect to their specific ranking at their position across the rest of the NFL, because I do think that the general impression of them is like that they're so bad, Jason Garrett, Joe Judge, boring, et cetera, et cetera. But they do have a lot of potential. Uh, You know, again, Saquon is the really obvious one, but everybody else is just a little bit harder to see. Yeah, no one's rating them. It's hard to be except for Saquon. Um, Who do you have in defense? Uh, So I will admit that 
you know, I had to get a little bit more creative when it came to underrated players in the NFC East, which speaks to, I think, the quality of the NFC East, that there aren't exactly a lot of players who are properly rated. There are a lot of overrated players, as we had a lot of fun discussing last week. Um, so unlike last week, I have some new players on the Giants, which isn't necessarily fair, I, I kind of thought. It's a little bit of a cheat because it's not like they've had a career with the team. Um, and I know you like this player, too. We've talked about him many times. Adoree Jackson. I do yeah. think he's underrated. That was a really underrated signing in general. There is some caution there, right, that it might not work out, the injury issues, whatever, but he really does have the potential to really elevate that secondary, which could challenge as the best one in the division to the top of it, obviously. You know, I, I think he's a great final piece, kind of a Darius Slayton, you know, maybe a little bit better than that, but for their secondary. I have him or Blake Martinez written down as my picks. I figured mm. you might take a Dory, and I think that's a totally reasonable pick. He was good before he got hurt last year, and obviously there was the weird concern with him. Apparently, like he didn't necessarily allegedly attack like rehab or as hard as he could have or whatever it was. Um, so I, that kind of scared me away from like picking him. I went with Blake Martinez just because he allowed an eighty nine point eight passer rating last year. He was solid. I thought that wasn't like a bad signing by the Giants. It seemed like he was kind of like a stat stuffer linebacker. Like he had all these tackle stats, but they weren't actually like you know meaningful. It was like guys were running to him and he was tackling them as opposed to like him making impact plays. But like quietly, I think kind of a nice player, nice pickup by Dave Gilliman last year, Blake Martinez. I don't know if he'll hold up this way because you look at earlier in his career and he wasn't really good in coverage, so it might kind of just be like a one-year wonder kind of deal. But if we're talking about coming off of this year and looking at that Giants defense, I think it's him for me. Uh, it's mm. either him or Jackson. Yeah, Blake Martinez, part of the all-NFC East team. I mean, you know, sure. big-time offseason for Blake Martinez on the NFC East mixtape. Um, yeah, this is... This is kind of nice. Like, it, it does feel nice to, like, you know, shower teams with compliments like this. Uh, who's, your, who's your legacy pick for the New York Giants? This is, this is the category I was most interested in when it came to these underrated players. This wasn't easy for me. I think this is the hardest legacy pick of anything, mm. overrated or underrated. I think the mm. Giants underrated was hard for me. Mine was Washington's yeah. underrated, just to, you know, kind of piggyback off that. Okay. I actually have – I had two there, so we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Um, but – I'm going to say Amani Toomer. Oh, think. my Amani gosh. Toomer. That's who I picked. I've <laughs> that's so okay. funny. I mean, he's a, look, he's the Giants' all-time leading receiver. I remember him being good in Madden, which matters to me. And he never made a Pro Bowl. Like he, like by definition, like he's under. How could you're the Giants' all-time leading receiver? Like one of the most prolific teams in the league, like an important player. And he never made a Pro Bowl. So, you know, by that definition, he was, a, he was just a really, really good player who seemed to never really get his due. That's pretty much textbook underrated. Yeah, I think sometimes guys have the misfortune of like the timing of their career. And he was obviously there for the beginning of Eli, which was not a fun experience. But um, you're right. Five straight thousand yard seasons from 99 through 2003, which is when Eli Manning got there. But I mean, to go to the Pro Bowl point, in all of those seasons, never had a double-digit touchdown season. He did have eight in 2002 when he, that he had his career high in terms of yardage. He had 1,343 yards. Um, so, you know, the biggest – like, I, you said you remember him being great in Madden. I remember him being just, like, a clutch fantasy player. You know what I mean? Like, you, I think you remember those things, like, from when you're younger. Like, oh, like, you always had those relationships with those guys. And he was, he was one of them. And this is a weird thing to say. But there are guys that deserve to win Super Bowls because of the like time they've put in with their franchise. Like I, I know I got a lot of heat for the Jason Kelsey pick last week, but like Jason Kelsey deserved to win a Super Bowl, and Amani Toomer deserved to win one with the Giants. Like he, he was he put in his due, and that was really cool to see in in a respectful sort of way from afar. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just weird how he like again five straight thousand yard seasons again early two thousands when that was really. I mean, it's still impressive, but like it was even more impressive back then. And doing it for a New York team, the Giants of all teams, and not really getting any love, going to the Super Bowl in the process. I mean, it's just a really weird career. I just don't think you think of him, at least maybe Giants fans do. I can't say from their perspective, but from you know, my perspective, maybe yours, RJ. I'm thinking like who are the most like memorable, prolific Giants wide receivers in my mind? I'm thinking Odell Beckham Jr. I'm thinking David Tyree just for the helmet catch. I'm thinking Mario Manahan. Manningham. Like, like, I think of Plaxico before Imani, obviously. Well, honestly. Great point. Plaxico, yeah. yeah. Like so he's just kind of forgotten about and underrated and slipped through the cracks. So we're giving him his due here. Mm, congratulations to Imani Tumor. Biggest honor of your life. Uh, we move on to the WFTBLG. Um, do you want to start on defense here? Do you want to mix it up? No, can't do that. It's out oh. of order. It's going to drive me crazy. Okay. Uh, uh, you, you can go first here on offense. I went first last time. But I, I so think this, I'm, my bold prediction is we're going to have the same three, honestly. Okay. 
Uh, we'll see about that. I don't know. So it came down to I had four different names here listed, and I was like trying to decide between these four. And I think I ultimately settled on someone who I didn't have originally. I had three. I added as a fourth. I think it's Terry McLaurin. That's I think it's answer. Terry McLaurin. Okay. From the standpoint that think about how bad his quarterbacks have been and how good he's still been. He's averaged 70.2 yards per game. He has 11 touchdowns in two seasons. I think this guy could be like talked about as – I mean, he he might arguably be a top five receiver right now, just based on talent, obviously not production yet, but I think he's like in that conversation. If you give him a good quarterback and he hasn't had that yet, I think Fitz is obviously going to be the best one that he's going to work with, but uh, scary Terry. He's, I think he's the real deal. So the comp in my mind for him, because you're right, like that's, this, this is a different type of underrated than I would argue Daniel Jones is because like, this is like, no, he's actually really good. Like he's not just mm-hmm. literally underrated. He is, he's, awesome and he's not getting that due which is like a crime in and of itself uh but i think he's like the new age deandre hopkins you know what i mean like this Mm. incredible wide receiver who's i mean not to the same degree at least yet um having the production despite the carousel of quarterbacks i yeah i mean i think he's he's a top 10 wide receiver in the nfl like i I think he's you know sitting right there maybe 9 10 and he certainly has the potential to vault himself this year uh but yeah scary terry look at him Friend of the SB Nation NFL show, by the way, it's Gary Terry. I think him and Fitz could do some good things this year. Like, I think we're we all we all know Fitz you think gonna, that we all well, know you think that. <laughs> even if you think Fitz isn't going to be great, RJ, what's he what's he going to do at the very least? He's going to throw it down the field. He's going to like that's what he does. He he throws it down the field. He's going to chuck it deep, and Terry, Scary Terry is going to catch a couple of those for touchdowns. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like with again. It's the best quarterback he's worked with to this point. I do want to say, um, and again, you know, put, put as much stuck as uh, stu- not stuck as much stock as you want to in PFF. Uh, but BLG, your Pro Football Focus had an article today, the day we're recording on Tuesday, five NFL teams with an Achilles heel that could derail their 2021 season. Washington was on this list because of the quarterback position. So I'm just, you know, hey. Color me skeptical. That's all I'm saying. You, uh, you want to talk about PFF? I'm going to jump back in because I saw something from them <laughs> right after we did the most uh, overrated. And you picked Kelsey and you said he wasn't or he's like not a top five center. PFF had an article on centers and they had Jason Kelsey as their fifth best center. So, so I, I said he was there. like he's regarded as like the best center in the NFL. Again, it's a different you know literary definition of uh, you know, what is overrated, whatever. I I, I think I'll anyway. make up for the, the Jason Kelsey thing when we get to the Eagles, but you know, spoiler alert there. Um, I'll go first on defense. Yep. It's Cam- it's Cameron curl. And I think that that's your answer. Yep. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like not, not the same type of underrated as Terry McLaurin, at least yet, but definitely one of the most slept on, not discussed enough players in the NFL. Is he, are we like, are we what really, are, are we willing to say right now, best safety in the NFC? He's like by far, like there's a sizable gap. I can't say that for sure. I can't say that. But, he, but he's like he's 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 got a I don't say a stranglehold, but he's he's looking down on the division. Is really where I'm at. I think he has the potential to be, and I think where the underrated thing comes in here too is the presence of Landon Collins because that even came up, you know, in our All NFC's defense right. team. Like I think I think a lot of people just by default would go to Landon Collins just because of the money and the name recognition and everything. But like Cameron Curl is better, so like that's why I had him in there. I did want to give a shout out here to Matt Ionitis, who I think mm. is also pretty underrated. This is a dude that had 7.5 sacks in 2018, 8.5 in 2019 before getting hurt last year. Like, this is a guy who is a backup because Washington's defensive line is so loaded. Like, Matt Ionetis could probably be a starter on most teams and like, get a really good one. He's just, like, a super efficient role player as a backup rotational guy for Washington. So, uh, to not be boring and both go Cameron Curl, I just want to, like, shout him out there. But, but yeah, uh, Washington has some underrated players on their defense. I will say the answer would have been Ryan Kerrigan. Like, that's been the answer forever in this in this particular space. That's not my answer for Eagles defensive player, although that's not a shot at Ryan Kerrigan. I think there's a more mm-hmm. underrated player. But, um, but yeah, so, again, it's pretty chalk when it comes to Washington, and I think it's going to be when it comes to their legacy pick. Do you want me to go first? Or do you, you know, because I don't know if you'll believe me if you say it and you're like, that's if, if I'm like, that's who I had. Because at this point, you're going to be like, you're just saying that. So you your three for three premonition comes true. Well, you already said my most uh, underrated player for the legacy. It's Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan oh, Kerrigan well, that's is... fair, but that's super. That's low hanging fruit. We all knew he was the guy, and that's a that's a Eagles, you know, prop. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like true. Like, look though, would Ryan Kerrigan not be a Hall of Famer if he played in New England instead of Washington? Had the same exact kind of career. Like he played literally the same caliber. Would he not be like considered a Hall of Fame lock? Like, I, I think he would. 
I don't think New England's a good example because if like, and I'm just like, I'm just picking up the example because then we have to assume he would have won some Super Bowls and that like definitely makes him a Hall of Famer, right? I think a good example is like Pittsburgh, right? Like if he'd had the same career for a team that's really visible, really like viewed as a highly successful team, always has generally really successful defenses, especially as of late. Um, I, I agree with you. Who's who's a more deserving Hall of Famer, Ryan Kerrigan or Chris Long? Uh, I don't know that Chris Long's a Hall of Famer. Right, but like I think some people, certainly a lot of Eagles fans, would be like Chris Long. I mean, and Chris Long was like sure. a really important piece on that Eagles team. Obviously, like certainly emotionally, uh, you know, if you want to be honest, Chris Long kind of broke the Eagles apart with the whole Nick Foles shrine and everything. But that's, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Uh, but like they're they're kind of inverses of one another. Like again, not that Chris Long was ever like just a part of the ride. He was certainly a high level contributor, but he mm-hmm. he was a really focused contributor for a very specific window that led to him winning two Super Bowls. Whereas Ryan Kerrigan was this really great player for a really long time on a franchise that didn't win anything so who's your pick um i like the ryan kerrigan pick honestly to be truthful so some of mine involves i don't want to say hindsight but involves some like you know historical context i think we look back on the champ bailey trade as like wow Mm. i can't believe that this actually happened and that and that people thought that like denver overwhelmingly lost right you know which is really crazy to look back on considering where football is but I do think the answer is still Clinton Portis uh, because he was really, really, really good for Washington. And I think we forget that his first season, he had over 1,300 yards for them. Second season, 1,500 yards. In 2007, led the NFL and carries 1,200 yards. He had over 1,200 yards in four of his first five seasons with the team. Like, it's hard to forget the Champ Bailey cost, but like, if you're trading for any running back and that happens, that's a huge win. Like, he was a highly successful player for them. I think it's a good pick just because like good player on a bad team. I remember like just never really being scared of Clinton Portis just because sure. I wasn't scared of Washington at all. Um, but he was a good player. Yeah, he was productive. Um, so I think that's fair. Um, the one I went with, though, was actually on defense, RJ. And I think this is the correct answer. It's London Fletcher. I think London Fletcher about this? is the most underrated Washington player of all time. I, I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame probably should like this dude uh he never missed a game rj in 16 seasons as a linebacker that's crazy and he had like he was like a tackling machine too like so he was a guy who was tackling the crap out of everyone and not getting hurt ever like this dude was solid for a super long time um i had to give it to london fletcher uh if not ryan kerrigan if we're talking kind of even older and, and not a current player um i think clinton portis is a good offensive pick if we're going legacy because i don't know who else it would be and look let's let's just i want to say this here RJ and I are relatively younger, so like I can't go back, you know, and like we're not like Sonny Jurgensen, right? Exactly, right? Yeah, Yeah, like Um, I can't, like I'm sorry, like I don't have anything to say about Sonny Jurgensen. No, I agree with you, uh, 100%. Obviously, in that capacity, I think that London Fletcher is a great pick. I feel like I, I really thought. Thomas Davis was London Fletcher for a long time. Like that was exactly mm. who Thomas Davis reminded me of, which is, you know, interesting given the path of Ron Rivera and everything now. Uh, but yeah, fine player, really good player. See, like that's another one. Like if he'd had that same career for Pittsburgh, yes. or like, you know, is he in whatever, blah, blah. Um, very interesting. This was, again, this is really nice. Like there's a lot of love and, and good times being had here. And so uh, that might change because the Cowboys and Eagles are up next. Uh, but before we get there, we have to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back. It is the NFC East mixtape, the most underrated players in the division edition. BLG went out and uh, built a shrine to Ben Simmons in the break. How'd that go, mm. BLG? Uh, I burned it, too. I built it. Would, and I would, you, it. would you trade Devontae Smith from the Eagles if it guaranteed getting Ben Simmons? Like, if, if as long as, if as, long, if, if as, long as Devontae Smith was on the Eagles, Ben Simmons was on the 76ers, would you trade Devontae Smith? Yeah, I'd have to. I can't do wow. that. I know that's terrible. I that's really it's that's a very good question by you because it's just torturous. But honestly, I just I can't watch the Sixers again, RJ Benson. I can't do it. Like, because what's the point? We all know what's going to happen in the playoffs. 
if he's back. Like we, we're all just waiting for the team to lose again in the playoffs while he's ineffective and not doing the main objective of the game, which is putting the ball in the hoop. So I just can't do it anymore. I'm done. I've been out on him for a while, and now I'm just totally done. So I can't mm. do it. Okay. Well, sorry, Devontae Smith. BLG doesn't love you enough, apparently. Um, all right. So uh, actually, let's go to the Eagles. Let's save the Cowboys mm-hmm. for less if you're down. Um, I will start considering this is the Eagles uh, most underrated offensive player. I hinted at this last week, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I wanted to go first. Cause it was somewhat predictable. I think the, like this is tough. And I mean that with no disrespect, there aren't a lot of underrated players on the Eagles. And I think the answer is miles Sanders. And part of it is that people think he's overrated, including yourself. I don't know any Eagle and you can't say Devonte Smith, who is like, you know, not being talked about as much as he should or whatever. But miles Sanders is like a quality running back. He's, he's a average, better than average starting running back in the NFL. And I, I think he's treated like he's awful and that's unfair. Yeah. I wouldn't say he was awful. I mean, he was legitimately like great as a runner last year, but he was also legitimately bad as in like, again, led the league in drops to running backs, had four fumbles, um, was not good in pass protection. So it's hard for me to so, say underrated. I think obviously I went overrated with him. Um, I, I, it's just tough. Like I think he can get back to, I don't think who he was last year is definitely who he's going to be for the rest of his career. He's still young. He was so, still potential. He was so yeah, he was so promising as a like sure. not promising like Hall of Famer, but promising like going to be a really good player for this team. Absolutely. So I'm not out on him by any means, just because I think he's overrated currently. But um, I, I can't say he's underrated, especially from the Eagles fan perspective. Maybe you having more of a grasp of that from the outside looking in. I think in Eagles, see, underrated, overrated is all about you know again the stage you're talking about. If we're talking mm-hmm. from a national stage, you, I, maybe you could say he's underrated from an Eagles stage he's overrated i think but uh you know that's all perspective (laughs) okay so then who is the most underrated eagles offensive player in your mind so i have one name written down here and it isn't the one who just popped in my mind who i think brandon brooks kind of gets underrated nationally just because there's a phenomenon here where like like he's not a dallas cowboys offensive lineman and he wasn't Mm. like a first round pick so he was a third round pick and he came from a smaller college too from miami ohio so, like, he kind of had to work extra hard just to get to that notoriety that someone like Zach Martin wouldn't have to. So I kind of think Brandon Brooks is underrated from that perspective. But I think people have kind of come around on him as a whole, kind of, like, realizing how awesome of a player he is. So I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to say Travis Fulgham, who led the NFL in receiving for a four-week or five-week stretch last year, RJ. Like, crazy. That's that's insanity to think that that actually happened. This guy who came out of nowhere, who the – so. I think it was the Lions who drafted Travis Wilgo in the sixth round. They cut him. The Packers claimed him last year in camp. They had him in camp for a couple days. They cut him. And then the Eagles claimed him. And you think that guy is like camp fodder at that point. You don't think he's making the roster. And he doesn't. He makes the practice squad. He gets promoted to the roster. And then he goes on this tear. And obviously he kind of like disappeared. And I think there are some work ethic kind of uh, desire issues that are kind of have to be ironed out. And we'll see if they do. Maybe they won't. But I think there's talent there. I kind of believe in Travis Fulgham's uh, potential still. I'm not ready to be out on him. So I think he's kind of underrated. Um, so I don't, I don't like have a huge disagreement with this. I level of disagreement with this. But what I will say, and we've already mentioned Madden and fantasy, I do think that there's like a fantasy effect to where like I don't buy that he's underrated because like, or like, you know, when when the Travis Fulgham experience is like going off, like I remember hearing Michael kissed a lot on the SB Nation NFL show, like in a joking way, but like he became a meme. And so like you can't be underrated if you're like and he, he became a meme in a really positive way. So like you can't be underrated if that's like your current reality. But I certainly get your point. I think like the spirit of that idea is something as again, an outsider here. I would assign more to like Greg Ward, you know, like somebody who's, you know, who who takes care of a again, underrated. Nobody's saying like they're necessarily even good, but they are underrated they're not rated properly in a in a positive sense so like greg ward you know like 2019 greg ward i think was really underrated you know what i mean like that's that's kind of the vibe i got but i I get your point i'm just saying like there's a lot of people who know who Travis fulgham is and who like worshipped him for a month in time i would consider greg ward for one of my most overrated so Mm. here we are on opposite sides of the spectrum once again Um, okay oh no go ahead you go ahead because i know you have more Travis fulgham takes I, I don't. I'm I'm kind of done on Fulgham. Um, he might be bad, honestly. I don't know. But I, I still have hope in him, and I think people could be sleeping on him just because he had that stretch, but then he faded. And I think people kind of weren't like, oh, he actually is just bad. And that was just like a fluke, and it's never going to happen again. So I think the pendulum has swung back to like not believing in him for the most part, at least generally, nationally especially. Um, 
Eagles fans might have a little more hope for him and maybe irrationally. So um, on Greg Ward, though, Greg Ward, like I love the guy. I think he's a great story. You know, he worked hard um, from Houston. RJ, I'm sure you like that. Maybe. I don't know. Text this guy. And uh, from he, San Antonio, let's let's throw the AAF some love here. I mean, that's where you, I, you know, that's what I'm talking about. He worked hard to trans uh, transition from quarterback to receiver, and he did a respectable job because a lot of people couldn't even do that and still play in the NFL. But like, this is a guy who ranks towards like the bottom of the league. I think literally only Larry Fitzgerald, who is 38 years old, I think, and is about to retire, like in yards per reception last year. Like, he, he's just not a dynamic threat at all. Which is like, you don't always have to be that, but like. I think he's fine. I think he should be a fourth or fifth receiver. If he's starting for the Eagles this year, RJ, if Greg Ward is starting, he's one of their top three receivers. Like, that's not good. That's a problem. Mm, wow. Greg Ward taking some collateral damage here in the Travis Fogum love. Sucks. You know, <laughs> hate to see it. But, um, okay. I I think I'm going to earn some some favor back from the Jason Kelsey thing with my defensive player. But so I think you should go first. Actually, I don't want you to because you might take my guy. So I don't want to ruin mm. it. So I completely take back what I just said. Um, cool. The answer, because he is hyped and like a lot. But I still don't think it's enough. And I certainly say this from like a Cowboys perspective. And I say this with like a lot of envy because I wish the Cowboys would prioritize this position the way the Eagles did here. The answer is Fletcher Cox. Like Aaron Donald rightfully gets a lot of love. But like Fletcher Cox deserves an enormous amount of love. And I don't think he gets enough. Like he is incredible. Mm, I think he's overrated almost. I would lean more Mm, overrated than underrated just because like Fletcher Cox is still very good. Make no mistake about it. But it's a frustrating from an Eagles perspective looking forward. I think they're paying him like the elite difference maker he used to be. And you can look at his stats from 2018 and he still was that player. But in 2019 and 2020, he hasn't been that same kind of game record. And they need him to be like Fletcher Cox basically is like the highest paid player on the team or one of them or has like the highest cap hit on the team. And he's not really bringing that kind of level right now. He's not like an elite difference maker player, I think, anymore. He's a very, very good player, which is nice and great. But like, he's not the elite guy, like the game record guy, like take over a game. I just don't think he's that player anymore, unfortunately. Devontae Smith aside, because again, we've all learned that you are incapable of being unbiased when it comes to him. Um, If you look at every Eagles player with regards to how good they are at their respective position, Fletcher Cox is the best. Right. Even if you think he's uh, overrated right now, tech, he's sure. still the yeah. he's still better at his position than any other eagle is at theirs. Who, what's the gap? So like the gap between him and the second and the guy who's second best at his respective position. I mean, you could say Kelsey, I guess, putting him up there. I don't know. Beyond that, Lane Johnson, mm-hmm. if he's healthy, but there's like a lot of question marks there. Like Lane Johnson, you could say is the best right tackle in the NFL if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ifs. What is it? If if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, would all was it? I don't know. I don't know what that expression is. But uh, wow. Okay. I was trying to hype up Fletcher Cox, and you just mm. kind of you know crapped all over it. So that's fine. I think he's uh, probably properly rated more so than overrated. But like I would say, if I have to pick between overrated or underrated, I don't think anyone's underrating him. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. you think so from a national perspective, but I don't. I almost don't think that because like. He's making the Pro Bowl in part because I feel like there isn't he's, even yeah, a lot he's still, of... He's kind of coasting on some name recognition. I think that's fair. Well, that and who are the other good NFC defensive tackles? Like, who are the really, really good? And, it, like, there isn't really a lot of competition. It's Aaron Donald, it's Fletcher Cox, and then you could say, like, Grady Jarrett. Okay, but, like, beyond that, mm-hmm. who? That's fair. But still, I mean, let's give the guy his due. That's all. Look, I'm a Fletcher Cox fan. You're not. That's really my takeaway from this exercise. Who's your most underrated defensive player on the Eagles? I went with Anthony Harris, who is new to the Eagles, but yeah, this is a guy. Newbie here. Another newbie. He had, but he had six interceptions in 2019. I believe he led the league safeties, and, and he's also PFF's highest graded safety that year. Now he had a kind of a down year last year, which is why the Eagles were able to sign him to a one-year deal, as opposed to when the year before, when the Vikings franchise tagged him. So I think it's possible that Anthony Harris isn't really that player that he was in 2019 and that was the best version of him and we won't see that again but he is coming back to work with uh jonathan gannon the Eagles defensive coordinator who i some for some reason couldn't think of his name in a split second there um and i think there's a chance he rebounds and i think from that perspective of this player who so it's, it's kind of funny like we're going through underrated and all these different definitions like terry mclaurin like we think right. he's better than he really is because he hasn't had a good quarterback. I think Anthony Harris is in the vein of like a player who was once good, very good, 
and wasn't good last year, but might be able to get back. So I think he's underrated from that perspective. Mm, I have a, I don't say similar, but I have an interesting one um, in that same, like in the, in a cousin of that idea coming up. Um, I think that's fair. And plus, I also think it's, it's difficult to come up with an underrated. It's difficult to come up with anybody who's underrated in the NFC East in general, outside of maybe Terry McLaurin. But mm. I mean, it's, it's hard because this division is so bad. Uh, but that's fair. Like he's, he's underrated in that. Like he, if anyone offers promise, it's him. You know what I mean? Like that, there is a level of underratedness to that. Who's your legacy pick? So I have expressed a level of admiration for this player before. Uh, I don't know if I've done it on the mixtape, but I know I've definitely done, done it in some capacity on VGN radio. Um, you say something often that I think is a great like measurement, uh, especially within a division and among di- division rivals. Like I was never scared of him. I was always scared of him, whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's a great way to kind of evaluate somebody. I was always, always petrified of Brian Westbrook. Always like that. Yep. That was so terrifying going against the Eagles with Brian Westbrook and his heyday. I know the the knee, the Jessica Simpson game, whatever. But like that, like I actually hate when that gets brought up because it's annoying. But I hate it because that like is so belittling to his career. Like it's annoying that that's what he's known as. Like this dude is one of the greatest running backs in terms of versatility in NFL history. And he doesn't get that love. He was kind of like a running back before his time, right? Like Brian Westbrook is today's ideal running back. And right. back then, I remember he was, it was still... He, yeah, he was Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey. And obviously, there were players before him who right, could do right, what right. he did. But, like, but still, like, close to, closer to the, you know, the modern era of how we think of, like, the most valuable kind of running back. Like an Alvin Kamara, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, he's that kind of player. And also, in a time where I felt like... Maybe this is me remembering incorrectly, but I felt like the running or the NFL at that time is like you gotta have two running backs and you gotta run the ball a lot. At least like, it seemed like that way playing Madden. Like that's that's what it seemed like. It, but but like Brian Westbrook transcended that, and I don't. He's not like a player the Eagles are gonna retire his number. Like I think they should. Kind of, I think he's kind of just under that. But it is weird to see his number being given out. His number usually gets given out to like really crappy cornerbacks or like these back of the roster players, and it always feels weird to like see. I think Jay Ajayi even had. Uh, 36 at one point yeah and it just it doesn't look right it doesn't look like that was Westbrook's number it looks so weird when anyone else wears that so I think it's a really good pick for you uh to make and another like measurement is did the player make their number supremely memorable right like 36 was just just kind of like so so number before brian westbrook but and like sure. it's it's also it's a difficult number to pull off like i think that happens like sometimes like somebody wears 27 and it was like i gotta wear 27 whatever and now, now we live in a whole different world of that obviously hmm. but like nobody ever wanted to wear 36 and like another one that's similar to that is like darren sproles in 43 like you know yeah. what i mean like just popularized or, or like made himself synonymous with that number uh, and so i mean he should have his number retired like he i think he's the best running back in Philadelphia Eagles history. Wow. Over Shady. Um, yeah. Oh, well, Shady was my most underrated legacy pick. So, of course. Yeah. Uh, you mean overrated? Yeah, overrated. My bad. But yeah, so different ends of the spectrum. Brian Westbrook forever. So, my legacy, I think it's a really good pick for you. My legacy pick, I have Troy Vincent in parentheses here. It's not my pick. I just want to give him a shout out because I think Troy Vincent is a really underrated player looking back in Eagles history. He's also the first Eagles player I ever came in contact with in my real life. I went to my orthodontist at the time, and I remember seeing the log like where you had to sign in your name before you signed in and signed out. And I saw Troy Vincent Jr. written down in the, the, the book. And I was like, yeah, I was just my eyes got wide. And I'm like, no way. Like, is his dad here too? So I walked out to go home because I just got done with my appointment. And sure enough, Troy Vincent was just standing there on his cell phone talking to someone. And I didn't want to bother him, obviously. I wasn't like, trying to hound him for an autograph. He looked busy. But like just walking by him was so cool. Like That was like one of the coolest moments of my life, especially just being like young and just being like, wow, like an Eagles player who I watched on Sunday is just like standing right there in front of me. So uh, maybe that adds to it for me. But he was a really good player. I loved him before that. Did it make um, you love your dentist all the more? Like like take pride in the dentist was like working on your teeth? Like, yeah, these are the hands. Well, obviously, I wasn't trying to cancel. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to stop going there. Um, yeah, I actually just kept going there, even though uh, my braces came off multiple years. But yeah, I, I need to keep going to this place. Sure. For some, you know. um, my pick is, it has to be this guy. It's the guy who, I think, like, this is where my Eagles fandom like, intensified. Like, it, it was a crystallizing point. It was, it's T.O. How could it not oh. be T.O.? T.O. is the most underrated Eagles player. He's villainized. He shouldn't be. This is a guy who had 77 receptions for 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns in 2004. They obviously missed a couple games there because Cowboys had to take him out very dirtily. 
and not fun. Um, but then I think T.O.'s Super Bowl performance is the most underrated Super Bowl performance in the history totally. of the Super Bowl. He had nine receptions for 122 yards with a severely sprained ankle, a fractured fibula that required a screw in his leg. Like, he was awesome. He was like one of the only players that showed up in that Eagle Super Bowl where they choked. Like, T.O. rules. He was great. I loved him. He brought so much personality. And football is supposed to be fun. That is like the mission statement of BGN Radio, RJ. Jimmy Kemsky and I always talk about that. Like, the, the sports are supposed to be fun. Football is supposed to be fun. T.O. was fun. He's underrated to me. The Eagles weren't even paying him top 10 wide receiver money at the time that he wanted a new deal. Think about how crazy that is. Like, this is obviously a top 10 wide receiver. It's a future Hall of Famer. Like, the Eagles did him wrong by not paying him more. I know he can be extra and everything, but it's T.O. for me. I think the most potentially great guess we could ever have would be T.O. on the mixtape because, like, one of my all-time favorite mm. players in Cowboys history as well. Uh, yes. I'm totally with you. Like, um, if you – I mean, T.O. played for these like our teams when we were at impressionable ages, which obviously goes a long way. Um, I'm with you on the villainization thing, but, like, to me, in a weird way, that, like, adds to the underratedness. You know what I mean? Sure. Because he, w- yeah. he was, like, so great that, it, like, he became this, like, you know, magnifying, like, you know, polar personality. And, like, I don't want to play, like, total revisionist history, but, like, in the battle between him and Donovan McNabb, is not T.O. the winner? Like, in, in, like you know what I mean? Like, um, I and like I'm not saying you should ever, ever, ever choose a wide receiver over a quarterback, but, like, T.O. was really substantiated in a lot of things that he really thought. Um, yeah. and, and, was he wrong? <laughs> no, I mean, and he also wasn't wrong that, like, Tony Romo and Jason Witten were buddies. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't wrong about that. Like, he, he certainly had a propensity to call things out. Um, again, he went about it, you use the term extra in a bit of a, an orthodox way, but you're right. The physical like freakness to go back to the Derrick Henry review, um, unchallenged. Like you mentioned the, the Super Bowl performance in, in 2007, his second season with the Cowboys, he suffered a high ankle sprain on December 23rd of that year and didn't miss a beat. He was back in time for their playoff game. Obviously they lost, but I mean, still like an app, like, he could be, you could argue he's the most underrated player in 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys history. Like, that's amazing in and of itself. I just think if you can have any Eagles wide receiver for, like, a season, who are you taking? Like, you want T.O. Like, that's the answer to me. Like, obviously, I get, like, it's hard to say he's, like, the best receiver in the Eagles history because he doesn't have the longevity. Like, it's hard to, like, do that to, like, Harold Carmichael and Mike Quick to, like, give that to T.O. over them. But, like, if we're – so, like, framing it, and if you could just have one – if you need one receiver for, like, a season – you can pick any receiver from Eagles history and take them in their prime and put them in the season. It'd be T.O. It has to be. Mm. Do you know how many seasons he had double-digit touchdowns in his NFL career? So this is not just Eagles career. I don't. But I'm going to say like 10. Uh, not quite. I mean, respect on the optimism. Eight mm. still. But like yeah. in 1998, hit 14 touchdowns. In 2013, 0 one 2002-13, he had 14 in 2004, the Eagles Super Bowl season that they lost, obviously. 13 in his first season with the Cowboys. With a quarterback yeah. change, mind you. I mean, like just an incredible – that's a great pick. Like really just – and again, like I can't stress enough the personality of it all. Like that that goes a long way. And it sucks that like that was taken so negatively. I think if if you know we were playing like kind of what if with Ryan Kerrigan and other players, but like if Tio had that same career, like we're talking same statistical career in today's day and age, I think he would be so loved. Like if he had a platform to kind of express his his own thoughts oh and God. opinions on. I mean, but like it was such it was a day and age where like there was one sports talk radio show, you know what I mean, in every market and like one general website. And so like whatever those people said or did or wrote was kind of what went and and they really defined the pulse of the sort of like perception of those players, which was really unfair. I just think he was such a fun player to watch like on the field, even putting all the off the field stuff aside, like he was big. But he could he could go over people and make like contested catches, but he's also really like he could do everything. There wasn't like anything he couldn't do. It's just so rare to see a guy like that big, but also like really fast and like can make people. It was he was just awesome. I loved him. Loved to you. Mm. Respect. Uh, are you ready for the Cowboys? This is I've been super Let's- excited to hear you talk about some underrated Cowboys. Mm. Um, and so in that spirit, you can go first. Your most underrated offensive Cowboys player. Uh, I wanted to. You just reminded me of something about how, you know, I, I could really just try to stick it to you. And uh, shout out to you, RJ, for getting uh, DeMarcus Ware, Broncos legend, on your podcast. That's really amazing that you're going to get the, the Denver Broncos Super Bowl champion like that. Um, so there's my little ribbing for you before we get into me saying nice things about the Cowboys where, well, kind of, it's still kind of trolly. Uh, Tony Pollard, 
should be playing more than Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, that I, cannot I be even... your serious answer for most underrated offensive player on the Cowboys. It absolutely is. I, I mean, mean, he is probably... underrated. I agree with you, but I think there are better answers. Is my point. I think from national perspective, maybe not from Cowboys. I don't know. You would know better than me. But this is like, like he should be touching the ball more than Zeke, or at least the split should not be as wide as it is. Like Zeke gets all the attention, whatever in fantasy football and blah blah blah, higher draft pick, whatever. But like, I think Tony Pollard is the more dangerous player. I'm more scared of Tony Pollard on the field than Zeke on the field. I don't know that I would fully say he's the more dangerous player, but I think he offers a level of like imposing danger and should be and, and, and should be used, right? Like so like not using him is keeping that like potential danger off of the field. Um I do agree with that. He, I think he's it's it's so weird. Like I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, do you remember when people used to say like, oh, there's nobody more popular in an NFL locker room than the backup quarterback? Well, like, no, you definitely don't feel like that was the other day because you cover the Philadelphia Eagles. So you definitely know what that's like. But <laughs> but like most teams, like, I don't think that's a thing anymore. You know what I mean? Like that used to be a really big thing where like the backup quarterbacks are super like, you know. I don't know. I still think that's true in a lot of places. Okay, well, it's not true in more places than it used to not be true. It's, I guess, mm-hmm. my point. Um, and so, like, I think Tony Pollard is that guy, right? Like, the put the backup in. You know what I mean? Like, that's who he is on the Cowboys. And so, like, that, in a weird way, like, overrates his underratedness. Like, I agree mm-hmm. with you that he's underrated, but um, I think that that gets extrapol- extrapolated a little bit too much. Uh, my answer, and I'm honestly shocked at this, and uh, big shout-out to... Uh, You're shocked of, at your own pick? Well, I... Um, <laughs> I was talking. I was talking to a friend of mine. Shout out to Bobby Belt from NFL Network. Um, he does a great job in everything he does. Kind of saying, "Hey, we're going to be doing this, whatever." What do you think? And he talked to me into Connor Williams. And mm. again, if we if we define Shocked. underrated, me too. Um, if we define underrated as not properly rated, you talked about Brandon Brooks. Like he's not a Cowboys offensive lineman, so like he faces like an uphill challenge. Well, Connor Williams is a Cowboys offensive lineman, but because of that, he's so often compared. To, to the guy, like he's next to Tyron Smith. He used to be next to Travis Frederick. He's on the same, he plays the same position on the opposite side as Zach Martin. He's not Tyron Zach or Lyle Collins. The answer to this, by the way, used to be Lyle Collins before, you know, last couple of years. But mm-hmm. I think Connor Williams, he's a serviceable guard. And, but because he's not what offensive linemen have become for the Cowboys, he is treated as like dirt. And so he's better than that is, is really where I'm coming from. I can see the idea that like he is not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. Right. And in that sense, he's underrated, but he's also not good. So, <laughs> so that needs to be said. Um, okay. Still so shout out to Connor Williams. He's in a contract year. So maybe this is the year he like really proves, you know, that this is sure. uh, his time, whatever. Um, I'll go first on defense. Um, I think, uh, I don't know who you're going to pick, but I think this is our last newbie uh, because it's impossible to pick. And uh, shout out to Bobby again. He wanted to go with Jalen Smith here. And I was like, dude, but in the no. same, con- in the same context <laughs> of like, he's, he's just because like, if you're talking about how bad people think players are, like people act like Jalen doesn't know how to play football. Like even like in mm-hmm. a literal sense, like he's not that bad. So I do understand that argument, but that's not my answer. I went with Brent urban, um, new player mm-hmm. for the Cowboys. Obviously uh, we've talked about PFF a couple of times here, not super high here, but PFF's 22nd ranked interior defender last year, which is higher than any Cowboys player was going to offer a nice, you know, bit of versatility. Again, I'm super jealous of Fletcher Cox. I wish the Cowboys would highly prioritize the defensive tackle position, but Brent Urban does bring something, you know, legitimate, and they've been struggling there forever. Obviously, last year, they signed Joe McCoy, never got off the ground, Dontari Poe blew up in their face. Uh, but Brent Urban, and there's nobody else that's really underrated. This was a hard one. Very de- Definitely. Like, <laughs> it's not easy. There, I don't think anyone is really underrated on the Dallas Cowboys defense. Like, not really, you know, made for that. But I think Urban, I, I mean, I don't have anything to say on him. I think it's a very boring pick by you. But it, it could, it's, I can't say anything about it. It's probably right. I don't know. I don't know a ton about Brent Urban, given that he's new. I The only thing I can tell you about him is, like, I've seen his name on injury reports before, I guess. Like, I don't know. Um, but I have another newbie. I, I was going to originally go with Randy Gregory just because I think underrated from perspective of like he hasn't been on the field and like he hasn't been available. But so hang on. Kind of... I want I want to pause you there because okay. that's just, this is just like uh, like self-therapy now. Like, you know, one explanation person, another explanation person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a video last week on our YouTube channel. By the way, people can watch the DeMarcus Ware interview there, too, if they would like to. Uh, we, we're thinking about doing some NFC's mixtape stuff there, too. So just pay attention there. But um, yep. a- anyway, um, 
I talked about the state of the Cowboys defensive ends. And I basically said, look, and I, this is true. Like it is completely awesome how the Cowboys have supported Randy Gregory and how he is on the path to his own personal victory. All of that is totally true and a huge, you know, awesome story. But I think it's incredibly risky of them to count on him as their primary defensive end opposite of DeMarcus sure. Lawrence. That was my only point. And all these people, somebody was like, oh, dude, watch out. 15 sacks for Andy Gregor this year. He's had <laughs> 10 and a half sacks in his career this so far. I mean, like, I'm, and I'm hopeful that he, you know, proves them to be right for having that football belief. He's proven them right to, from a, a humanity standpoint already. Um, and again, that story is great. But with regards to just the football, it's just a precarious bet to assume that he's going to be able to carry the load for a full 17 game season. When I don't know if you know this, BLG, this is his first full offseason since his rookie year because of everything he's dealt with so far. That's my little diatribe though. Yeah. So that happens with fans. I I see that. I remember last year with the Eagles wide receiver position, which is like a nightmare. And then they didn't do anything at all in free agency to address it. Like nothing. They didn't do any kind of single veteran addition other than Marquise Goodwin, who technically was actually never on the team now retroactively given how that worked out. Um, the Eagles drafted, you know, Quez Watkins and John Hightower on day three last year. And everyone's like, these guys are going to be awesome. They're going to come in and they're going to solve it. Like, this is the best receiver class in years. So they're going to be good. It's like they didn't do anything. And that was not a surprise. Like the, the historical precedent for day three wide receivers doing stuff is like none. So right. it's funny how fans can be ambitious. And look, I, I always say, like, I'm not going to tell you to fan. If you want to be really optimistic, great. You know, go go for it. That's That's great. But like. I, just to not have like that perspective is kind of funny. Like you gotta, it's one thing to like believe in a player and be hopeful, but it's another thing to like have contingency plans and right. understand you can't always just put all your eggs in one basket. So I totally get with, I'm totally with you on that one. Um, my pick though to get to the pick is another newbie. It is Demonte Casey. Great pick. Really I, good pickup. Great pick. Good pickup for the Cowboys. He has ten picks. Obviously, he was hurt last year, but he has ten picks and five four fumbles in the NFL. And that's not just like isolated to. Uh, the NFL, by the way, he was a playmaker in college too. He had 17 interceptions, 29 passes defensed, and six forced fumbles in college as well. So he is a track record of being a guy who makes plays. And I think that was a really good pickup for Dallas, a, a defense that needs some help, that needs some juice, someone who can make plays for them. I think Demonte KZ can bring some big plays. Yeah. And you know what I love about the Demonte KZ signing is it's a contingency plan or not a contingency plan, but like it's a shoring up of like your that position group instead of just relying on what it used to be. And to the Cowboys credit, they, you know, to get back to my point for just a second, like they did address their linebacking core, their you know defensive tackle group, their secondary as a whole with lots of plans. Like you only have so many resources. So like maybe they felt defensive end was the best sort of role of the dice to take. But I agree with this. I don't know, like, and I've said this a thousand times about Ron Rivera and Curtis Samuel. Like, I don't know that you can just say, well, he played for Dan Quinn, so he's going to be awesome. Like, that part of this is meaningless to me. Um, But I do have a lot of hope just off of who DeMonte Casey has been when healthy. I agree with you that he's definitely pretty underrated in that sense. There's a lot of hope that we're counting on here with regards to different players, which, again, speaks to the quality of this division as we enter the 2021 season. Do you want to give your legacy pick first, or do you want me to go first? No, I want to hear yours first. So, um... I thought about, and we haven't really gone with anybody this far back in history, but like the most popular underrated player or popularly picked underrated player is Danny White. And obviously he's, he's treated like he's crap. Like he took the team to three straight NFC championship games in the eighties, obviously incredible, had the misfortune of following Roger Staubach predated Troy Aikman. So like that kind of, you know, sandwiching, you know, certainly doesn't help his case. That's not my pick. Uh, My pick is actually somebody who you've already mentioned and somebody who I myself um, did not properly rate for a long time. And that is DeMarcus Ware. Like, I always thought DeMarcus Ware was really good. And again, you can listen to our interview with him on the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network or watch it on our YouTube channel. Um, I always thought he was good, like, through the prime of his career. I personally didn't start to really appreciate him until after, I don't know, maybe like 2010, you know, because the Cowboys were going through a lot of stuff, and he really was a great point of leadership for them. Do you know how many players in NFL history have more sacks than DeMarcus Ware? Uh, no. And obviously, obviously not all of this career came with the Cowboys, to your point, but a majority of it did. I want you to guess how many players in NFL history have more than DeMarcus Ware. And then they also only re- started recording sacks in like the right, 80s right, right, or whatever, right. too. Sure, but, sure. But that's it's been a long enough time. We can use sacks as a statistic for this particular discussion. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously really good. I'm not trying to say he's bad. I'm just saying like the context. <laughs> guess there. how um, many people? I don't know. Ten? Eight. He is ninth wow. on the all-time sacks. Wait, 
hold on a second here. I guessed 10 double-digit touchdown seasons for T.O., and he had eight. And then I just guessed 10 for DeMarcus Ware more than sex, and then it was eight. So really weird. Yeah, uh, the eight, in case you're curious, are Bruce Smith, Reggie White, who I think you could also make an argument for the most underrated player in Eagles history, too, in a different context. But just because Mm -hmm. he was that great, like, I, you know, like that's supremely great. But anyway, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Kevin Green, Julius Peppers, Chris Dolman, Michael Strahan, Jason Taylor, and Terrell Suggs. That's it. I mean, this dude's amazing. That's my most underrated player in Dallas Cowboys franchise history. It's very difficult to be underrated as a Dallas Cowboy, like, in general, especially, like, if you're going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, like DeMarcus Ware is going to be. But somehow, some way, he is still underrated, having played a majority of his, his career with the Cowboys. So, yeah. So, I mean, one of the most underrated players in NFL history, certainly. I mean, again, he's in the top 10 all-time sacks list. Super Bowl champion, although, again, that had nothing to do with the Cowboys. Um, I, I just, it's really, really difficult to be underrated as a future Pro Football Hall of Famer, having played for the Dallas Cowboys. And somehow, some way, DeMarcus Ware did that. And ultimately, and you might disagree with this, do you know who won Defensive Player of the Year in 2008? Because I can tell you off the top of my head. No. It was James Harrison. And the, it, like we talk about this all the time, but like awards like that are so often about, like I don't want to say context, but like is your team successful, whatever. In 2008, James Harrison, again, fine player, 16 sacks, cool. The Steelers obviously would go on to win the Super Bowl. In 2008, DeMarcus Ware had 20 sacks. He led the NFL and didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. But because the Cowboys went 9-7, and 40-46, I know, all that. I mean, DeMarcus Ware perennially slept on somehow, some way. And he had the misfortune of – and this, this also kind of maybe works against him. He was on some of the worst defenses in NFL history. And so I get the point of like, well, how can you say he's this all-time great if he was a part of that? But, I mean, his, his own personal resume is pretty undeniable. DeMarcus Ware goes in the category of like players that you were scared of as an Eagles mm. fan. Like definitely like it was never a point where like, oh, that guy's overrated. No, like he's pretty good. Like and we're gonna have to like deal with him and that's gonna be a problem. Um, you kind of can't deny it. I actually just sent you something, RJ on Slack, uh, right now. That is a good little Jimmy Kemsky tweet here that I wouldn't need to pull up about how it's been over 25 years officially since the Cowboys' last Super Bowl. Uh, so some Cowboys got together to celebrate a quarter century of irrelevance. And it's like a, a gif, you know, of uh, stick figures, as Jimmy does. And uh, I wanted just to let it be known that I actually recommended one of those. And it is DeMarcus Ware in a Denver Broncos jersey in that gift. So I really love that. I really love mm. that you picked a Denver Broncos legend, a guy that the Cowboys had to cut because they were dumb with the salary cap and had to get rid of him and uh, couldn't finish his career with the Cowboys. Like he should have been able to like a very, that's like DeMarcus where very clearly a player who like should finish his career with that organization. Well, like, and, and, and a player, and I'm glad he did obviously, but like a player who should win a Super Bowl. Like we talked about Imani Toomer, Jason Kelsey, like DeMarcus Ware is yep. in that conversation too. Uh, again, it would have been awesome if they had been with the Cowboys for what it's worth. The Cowboys went 12 and four the season they released DeMarcus Ware. So it's not like they were these like immediate fools. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, big time bummer. So are you ready for my pick? RJ? I'm super pumped. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, it's a guy by the name of Terrell Owens. T.O. is the uh, most underrated Cowboys player. I already player. made this argument. I already made this whole case. Okay. I had this written down before you said that. Uh, T.O. rules, man. Age 33, 34, and 35 seasons with Dallas. 1,180 yards, 1,355 yards, 1,052 yards with 13, 15, and ton, 10 touchdown seasons. I mean, that's like awesome. That's that's better than I remembered. I honestly looked up his stats and I was like, wow, like I didn't even think it was that good. Like the fact that he was playing at such a high level at that age and in a tougher NFL too. Like this right. isn't like today's NFL where like passing is, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, like way, way ancient NFL where they're only, no, only running was, the ball. It was that time of the of, that we talked about with Brian Westbrook, where like you had two running backs. Like it was a very, it was still a very different game, even though it was almost twenty years ago. And then like the horse collar rule was like kind of right. new because that's when like Tio got hurt on that. Like this was still like this for him to be doing that is pretty incredible. And coming off of that injury that he had with the Eagles, which was a serious injury, obviously he had gotten healthy since then. But still, for him to had gotten banged up like that and still be really productive, like it's Tio and uh, hated Tio. Like hated seeing To as a kid after him being my favorite player in the Eagles and then coming back to to Philly as a member of the Cowboys that really sucked but uh yeah I think it's him is that the greatest like division move of all time or like like the not greatest but like most 
controversial, most like gasp inducing. Yeah. And I'm talking like all divisions. You had know to I mean like T.O. going from the Eagles to the Cowboys. Like that was that was pretty sick. Um, but um, you you mentioned T.O. Uh, you had Troy Vincent in parentheses. I in parentheses for the Cowboys also had a different wide receiver. You're going to roll your eyes. Des Bryant. Just because <laughs> like at his absolute peak, 2012 through 2014 was in just an incredible run for Des Bryant. He was, I mean, physically capable of the same things as Calvin Johnson. And he never got that due. Like, I would have to believe that Des was in players you were scared to play uh, in that category. And, like, I mean, he was on that level. But he never got, like, that due. And it's unfortunate. And, it, like, I talked about memes earlier that, like, from now on, like, forever, all people will ever remember is, like, the catch and whether it was a catch or wasn't a catch whatever. Like, the drop, he, was, you mean? Yeah. He, he was this physical marvel. And, I mean, he's, he's the – franchise's all-time leader in terms of receiving touchdowns so you can argue he's properly rated but like he was incredible and he deserves that too yeah i would say des is properly rated more than underrated but you know i know you like this so throw up the um X. yeah respect that's a good note to end on uh blg what do you want to talk about next week or do you want to save it as a surprise uh that's a good point rj i haven't <laughs> thought that far ahead before we end i want to give a shout out to my trivia team which won at the New Wave Cafe in Philly last night. So shout out to us for okay. winning. First time we played as a team together and we just went in there. We dominated. So big ups to us for, for winning. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to talk about next week? Uh, I don't know either. I do want to give one <laughs> shout out and that's to my Boston Bruins on NHL 20 on PS4. Very excited. Uh, we have a lot of great plans for the future. Looking forward. We're going to bring the cup back to uh, to Boston. Very exciting times. You know, Boston, they haven't won enough sports stuff. So, yeah, that's great yeah. for them. Respect. Um, I'll be responsible for, you know, that one kid who has the, like, sign, like, all the parades I've seen or whatever. Like, I'm, oh I'm going to add I'm gonna add to that tally. Uh, that, that kid was Suns and Four, dude, before Suns and Four. Uh, but anyway, uh, so everybody, hope you enjoyed our most underrated edition, our most underrated players in the NFC East edition of the NFC East Mixtape. Make sure to subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation, to Log and the Boys. Uh, follow BLG on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. I'm on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. BLG, the last word belongs to you. Last word. <laughs>